to that too, okay. right? <laughs> I I got a clap on my end. I'm I assuming you guys here, got claps on your so. end. <laughs> yep. Okay, yeah, cool. no, it's just about being able to line it up. It's kind of funny because like it it is just basically lining up for the person editing, but blind when he's been doing the the one-on-ones they they don't worry about that and yeah. they're like oh it's just simple you've just got to time the question and answer and then i'm going through going okay is there a pause after this answer is there <laughs> you know and it takes me like five minutes when it's just a clap would be a straight line it's <sighs> true it's easy Oh, you're you're doing that today too, though, aren't you? Like that's the that's correct. Thing. And speaking of having no idea, this is episode sixty-four of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. My name is Bloody Drongo, and I'm hosting for the very first time today. And I'm joined by the very wonderful Marignetic and the equally as wonderful Archplay stuff. How are you today, Maria? I'm good. I'm good. I feel a little bit run down. It's been a lot of events and stuff, but I'm good. I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing. Excellent. Very, very well. Arch, how are you today? I'm well. I'm a little bit offended on Marignetic's behalf, though. Why? Why saying I saying I'm as equally as wonderful as her? That's just an insult. To <laughs> oh, please! <laughs> wow. Please. Okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> so Arch has already declared before this session got underway that he's going to make my life difficult as I'm hosting for the first time today, and uh, yep. true to form. Off to a good start. Yeah. Speaking of a good start, though, I've also got some news. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's just go out of format, have the news at the start. Why not? This is just total chaos. Today is International Beaver Day. Beaver in, Day? As in the animal, right? Yes. April okay. 7th, International wow. Beaver Day. International? Is it yes. is it necessary that that be an international yeah. day though? Because that's, aren't they that's... like only in Canada? <laughs> well, they're also in they're in North America, the continent. So oh, okay. yeah, it. Um... All right. How do you celebrate okay, that? International International Beaver Day is a fine time to hike to a beaver pond, arrange okay. a, a arrange a display of books in your library, show a beaver what? video. And or otherwise spread the word about nature's engineer. So we're doing that. We we have no beaver dams near us. We <laughs> none of us are currently in a library. Um, and this is an audio podcast, so no beaver videos. But uh, spreading the word of nature's engineer. Sure, why not? That's such Thank a you. that's such a niche. Like, who comes up with this? Uh, who just declares like, "Oh, I'm just going to make it International Day of such and such and such." Is there like, is there a board adjudicating this stuff like internationally? Do you yeah, have to like submit an application to have an internationally approved day? Yeah, it's the beavers, wetland, and wildlife <laughs> that do it. What for international days, of course, or just specifically well, International Beaver Day? I think they champion the Beaver Day. Um, Makes sense. But but I think the reason is, and this is this is where I'm going to, uh, because beavers are in Canada and the United States, you wind up with a scenario in which they're kind of like they it can't be just National Beaver Day because the Canada 
or or the US. They, there's 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 an international border that must be breached. It's like how if you commit a crime and go to another state, it becomes a federal crime. You know, if you have a national day and it goes to another country, it becomes an international day. Uh, fair okay. enough. Fair enough. Couldn't they just have like a a continent day? Ooh, I North don't... America Beaver Day. I I, I don't. Like, think I don't they have... can. I don't think I have any. <laughs> I don't have wait, anything wait. against beavers or or Canada or America in this circumstance, but it just feels like overkill to give beavers a whole day. Like come international on. days are proposed to the UN General Assembly by oh, member wow. states. Oh my god! The General god. Assembly then decides by consensus whether to adopt the resolution <laughs> wow. establishing the particular day. I want to have a that banana day. That is so day. much. Yeah. <laughs> International Banana Day. Wow. That's uh actually that surely that has to be a that thing. That must be right? a thing. It has to be. Let me have a check. In no, there's a National Banana Day. Apparently the UN just went no. Oh. Okay, fine. Wow. We can have we can wow. have an international beaver day because beavers go across borders, but <laughs> when it comes to bananas, that is a strictly national affair. Listen, oh. I don't make the rules, the UN does. Well, I guess you know, we have to speak this to is someone. a farce. If anyone if anyone listening from this works at the UN, yeah. Um have them call Dronko. He's he, he'll he'll have he'll have an earful for them. I I have yeah I definitely have some thoughts about this now I didn't I didn't realize I was gonna wake up today and be angry about uh, the UN and beavers specifically but here we are that's also just where we are. Wow, the poor I can't tell I can't tell if it's April twentieth or April nineteenth because yeah. it seems to be both that's what I can see I had a look as well <laughs> so April two 20th, days yeah yeah four twenty is um banana day wow. Wow, okay. It's a great day. Okay. <laughs> it's a great day for bananas and therefore the nation. Wow. What, a, what a wild ride. Thank you for that uh, bit of news there, Arch. I'm so glad that you shared that with us. Oh, look, I am too. I mean, it's not every day that you get to have International Beaver Day. Okay, wait, I need to clarify. Is that the 7th of April then? Yes. Okay. So tomorrow, so, when I go to start I, I, something for you to look forward to, yeah, I can tell I, everyone about the beavers. I I just want to point out, though, for the record, none of this was any information I knew. It was just a link I clicked down the bottom of the time dot is. Oh, wow! Well, oh, there you go. Yeah, so it's uh, Easter Friday or Good Friday. Yeah, it mm -hmm. is World Health Day and International yeah. Beaver Day. That makes sense. Come, come to think of it, World Health Day might have been a better uh, better thing to talk about. Potent well, I don't know. It depends on whether you like content or... Yeah. <laughs> 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 We're going to talk about something Maria serious or not, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Now, Maria, I know you mentioned at the start that you've been doing lots of events recently. I actually was hoping that we would get to talk about some of that because... Uh, I have, as always, been enjoying your escapades um, on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, what has been a standout moment for you recently? Oh, 
or standout event? A standout, I mean, I have to say it was the BAFTA Games Awards. And um, mm-hmm. my, stand, <laughs> my standout moment was that I stopped um, Christopher Judge from going to the bathroom because I really wanted to take a picture. And I was like, <laughs> I hyped myself up. I'm like, this is the only time he's walking past. I need to stop him. I just have to stop him. Otherwise, I'll never stop him. So I stopped him. And he was on a mission to go somewhere, but I was like, I have to do this. If I don't do this, I will never do this. And I need to speak to him and tell him how much I love Kratos and how much I love God of War. And so we had a really brief conversation about my cosplay. He said, my mom's amazing for making it. And then he said, but now I have to go and find the bathroom. And I felt so embarrassed. I felt so bad. I was like, great, I stopped this man on his way to the bathroom. But it was great. I got a picture, so I'm happy. <laughs> I'm just so glad that you have another Maria Encounters famous person story. Like, I feel like these are becoming a a pretty standard thing for you now. Oh my god, it's so embarrassing. I was so embarrassed, but I'm very happy Um, at the same time. I I have a quick question. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you grab him leaving the bathroom if you knew he was going in? I did not know. He was just on the way. Like, he was just walking somewhere. And then he said he was on the way to find the bathroom. So he was nowhere near the bathroom yet. I I mean, it would have been weirder, though. Come on, me waiting for him to come out of the bathroom? (laughs) How weird is that? Sorry, it was just Well, it's better than following him in. (laughs) Did you wash your hands? Yes, but I feel... I feel like it would definitely be, like, one of those, like, pro moves. Like, those people that serially or, like, religiously go out of their way to get celebrity signatures. Oh, yeah. Like, waiting outside the bathroom to just see who, like, trawls through there sounds like something they would do. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't personally want to be that person. No. No. But, yeah, that was one of the um, standout things that I obviously will not forget anytime soon. Very, very fun. Yeah. Uh, it looked amazing. Um, I've, I have said previously how much I am just completely envious of your um, access to all of the cool events and stuff that happen over over in the UK and in uh, you know the, the London area yeah. and stuff like that because there's a lot that goes on. And you're off to the uh, a Star Wars yes. convention? Star Wars celebration this weekend. I'm very excited. Mm. Um, nice. It's usually only in America, but there was one in 2016 that was in London, which I went to with my mom. We were both in cosplay. It was wonderful. My mom was Leia. I was Ray. It was really cute. Um, oh my god yeah it was so much fun she was so up for it i i it was so adorable like i said you want to come to the convention because i didn't really have anyone to go with um at the time and she's like yes i'll come and visit you um but she's not coming this year sadly it's been a lot more expensive and a lot more popular this year um i don't know why Mm -hmm. to be honest i don't know if it's because of all the films that have come out and the series and whatnot but yeah i it's not been in london since 2016 so it's very exciting Wow, that's amazing. I love that your mum is just, like, so down for, you know, supporting all of the stuff that you do. It's so wholesome, like, making your Kratos cosplay and going to <laughs> going to that <laughs> event dressed up as Leia. That's so good. Honestly, I love her for that. It's so, so sweet. It's just so nice. It's a nice bonding moment, you know, like, spending mm-hmm. time with her like that. Absolutely. And well, Arch... What have you been up to recently? Do you have any famous uh, <laughs> stories, famous famous encounters with people? 
Well, I was, I was going to just say to you for a moment, don't worry, one day you'll meet Nolsey at the pub and, you know, you'll have a story of your own. I, I have, unironically, living in a regional area, I have unironically met Nolsey at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just happens. In fact, he actually got kicked out of a pub that I was at one time. Oh my god. <laughs> So, it, just for Maria's benefit as well, or any international listeners here, uh, listeners here in Australia, we have uh, uh, what was it? What was it called? It was Australian um, Idol. Australian Idol. Yeah, that yeah. one. There, there was. I think it was either the first or second season. There was two very prolific singers that got to the final round, and they were Guy Sebastian and Shannon Knoll or Nolsey. Mm-hmm. And Nolsey's like a real bogan lad sort of sort of character and um he's renowned for just hanging out at local pubs in the country just causing absolute shenanigans oh my god (laughs) so i i don't have any recent stories of famous people i've met but i do have a story of a famous person okay um this is not very recent i was in fact like three years old um who here <laughs> okay. who here knows john english I... no one wasn't so, he the fictional character that's like the parody of james Bo- oh no that's johnny english yeah, sorry I was, that's, that's, who that's I john was english thinking of, so i don't know who john english is no. <laughs> john english was a singer writer musician and actor he was basically um Quite big on the Australian and UK uh, theatre scene, like musical theatre. Oh. And okay. um, yeah, like he actually has a Wikipedia page Ooh. that is significantly long. And he has won various awards of Entertainer in the Year, uh, Male Vocal Entertainer of the Year. Um, wow. But yeah, um, he's even won an ARIA. Wow. Um, that's an Australian, like the Australian Grammys, basically. Okay. Um, so he lived in a, uh, in the same suburb as us and mum knew him and they were quite good friends. And one time they met at the supermarket and they were talking and there was a, like at the dog food section and I pulled out a can of dog food and another, another fell and landed on his toe and broke it. What? Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Like I said, I was three. It wasn't like, you know, last yeah. week I broke someone's toe. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, that, that happened. That's that's like my celebrity. I mean, I'm probably sure that I've met other famous people since then, but for some reason that was the one that came to mind. No, that's fair. I, I, like, I like that you had the audacity to be like, well... Maria, don't you think that you should have waited for Chris Judge to come out of the bathroom <laughs> first before getting a picture with him? Uh, when you're just out here breaking celebrities' toes. Like, that's pretty audacious. Literally. Slaying foes, breaking toes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, they're always are, remembering. Are we allowed you. to talk Are we allowed to talk about your other uh, famous encounter, or at least the the famous encounter that I particularly remember, Maria. Wait, which one? Uh, with a certain Minecraft YouTuber. Oh yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. 
I like the hesitation of which one. Like, there, there's some you cannot talk about. No, there isn't. I, I don't even, I don't know what my brain was doing. But no, we can talk about that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just Maria over here, just like, you know, brushing shoulders with all of the, uh, you know, the, me, the, the pop culture elite. Yeah. Just like, mm-hmm. oh, which story which are we one? talking about now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's so many. Let me get this uh, book out. Um, no, we can talk about that. Such a blur. Exactly. Um, so you you were at was this was this a, a, a TwitchCon? No. No, this was for. It's like it wasn't like a premiere. It was like a screening that Sony put on for Spider-Man Homecoming. No. Mm-hmm. No Way Home, sorry. Spider-Man No Way Home, that one. Um, so they put on like a little screening and they invite some people to it. Uh, it's really nice, just like a smaller cinema, snacks and stuff. Um, but anyway, so they had like a little photo board like where you could just take pictures. And uh, there, was this, there was this younger guy and uh, his sister and they were asking me to take a picture and i was like oh yeah sure i'll take a picture and i was thinking this is probably someone like a youtuber or something you know i was just thinking that but i didn't know and since i was there by myself i was like oh um can you also take a picture of me (laughs) so he took a few pictures from me which is great i posted them and then a few days later i realized when i saw on my twitter feed i don't even know how it came up you know how just this randomly happens I saw a picture of him and it's, it was Tommy in it and I clicked on his profile and I was like, Oh my God, this this guy has like 11 million subscribers or something. (laughs) And here I was just like, Hey, can you just take my photo? (laughs) So yeah. It's not like, can I get a picture with you? Just like, can you take a picture of me please? And make sure it's a good one. Oh, so your thumbs on the lens. Can you, can you get it from a lower angle? Can can you, can you just stand out from the picture? Sorry. Um. Oh, it's just so funny in hindsight. It was really funny because I had no idea. Like, no, I I mean, I could have guessed. It seemed like someone who does content creation, but I obviously, I'm not in the Minecraft scene, so I had no idea. Mm. And it was just so funny when I looked, when I realized, like, what a big creator he was. Um, You want to know another funny thing? Mm -hmm. Sure. He turns 19 on the day this podcast will be aired. Stop it. Does he? Stop it. 9th of April. 9th of April. So we release this on the 9th and uh, it will be his birthday when he hears this. So uh, happy happy birthday, birthday, Tommy. Tommy's made it (laughs) so far. Happy birthday, Tommy. Look at it. From a well known listener to now one of the biggest (laughs) Minecraft streamers, sought after photographer. Everyone wants him to. Oh, look. <laughs> look, look, that's all you got to say. You know, between the two of us, we have a combined 11 million um, <laughs> YouTube subscribers. Like, you know, I still remember um, between, I think, uh, last hot potato, Etel raised like 35,000, and uh, before him, Ambiguous Amphibian raised 8,000. So when they raided me and they came into me, I'm like, I can't believe. The three of us combined have raised over forty thousand dollars. It's it's absolutely amazing. You just gotta you just gotta limp limp limp. You just gotta link yourself in, and um, yeah, yeah it all works itself out. Definitely, <laughs> you're part of this now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm responsible for his career, really. Let's be honest. 
Yeah, I think yeah. it's great that you gave like a young you know, upcomer a, uh, a start in photography. I think that's you know, a really nice thing. I know, thing it's wonderful. It'll forever be great. Okay, well, anyway. <laughs> speaking of wonderful things that we've all done, I think we'll um, take a quick break. And then we when we come back, we'll be talking about the games that we've been playing recently. Okay, welcome back, everyone. You are listening to episode 64 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. I'm joined by Maria and Arch right now. And Arch, you have been playing a game by the name of Sunhaven. Yes, I'm wooing a cat girl. <laughs> Ooh, woo? <laughs> no, 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 no. She says nya in this one. Okay. Um, so... Sunhaven, for those who don't know it, is... I get a lot of people coming in going, oh my god, this is just like Stardew Valley. It's more as if someone played Stardew Valley and went, I want to mix this with an RPG. It's got various races, it's got magic, it's got skill systems, but it's still at its core a farming town, you know, slice of lifestyle game. There is more combat and stuff and um, a whole bunch of various things, but... It's just a really well done and cozy farming game that has a little bit more sense of character progression than Stardew Valley does. The mm -hmm. the various uh people of the um the town are all, you know, there's there's slightly magic elements, there's there's a witch, there's a a mage, um and there is an Amari. And Amari is just simply the term for an animal person. I think we've seen bunny Amaris, dog Amaris, and mm. uh, cat Amaris, the the aforementioned cat girl. Oh, kitty. yes. So, um, yeah, no, it's really fun. It's I played it last year, May, May last year, uh, when it was recommended to me by FG. And it was so clunky that I literally couldn't play it. I was like, this is the worst. And... Um, I, I did it all and was like, yeah, no, I don't want to do any more of this. It doesn't feel well. And so I left it at that. And then I saw FG playing it later and she was like, oh, you'd really love this game. And I'm like, I know you, I did last time you recommended it. <laughs> and I decided to go back and check it. It was changed so much. It's now so much more fluid and it feels better. And it's just, yeah, I was 100% back in like, oh my God, I'm really loving this game now. And so I've been been really enjoying that. Um, I am in my my farming sim era. And yeah, no, it's just been great. It's been a great little cozy game to kind of lurk along and and have you on in the in the background for. Is uh is it is it in early access still or is it actually released now? Uh, that's actually the reason why it's being played again. Uh, it has released now. Mm, um, it was in early access when I played, but it hit 1.0 release as of, um, recently. And so that's why there's a bit of a resurgence with it and, and all of that. I think there's still more they want to add or want to do, but we'll see how that comes along. It's just, it's a really nice blend of skills, magic, and farming but it also like weaves in this nice story too. And the, the pixel graphics are just absolutely beautiful. 
Nice. And I guess speaking of uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> pixel graphics, <laughs> wow, what a segue. Um, there has been a recent remake that has been making waves. Yes. And I suppose it's not actually technically pixel graphics. Explain yourself. Explain yourself. I'm grasping at straws here. I had a really good segue and then I forgot what it was. And then I panicked. So listen. It's fine. We take it. Here. We take it. Uh, but tell us about Resident Evil 4 Remake, Maria. Uh, well, the famous pixel game. Resident 4, yeah. It's, I mean, it's old. It's got pixels. <laughs> to be fair, the original, oh. I've only played the original literally last year, um, I think in October, and it's uh, clunky at times, you know? There are some moments yeah. where I was like, oh my God, there's a lot of like button mashing and like quick time events, but like with really annoying button mashing, there's a the, the minecart section in the original i oh i got so angry because <laughs> i played it on keyboard and mouse which was probably a really bad idea because it obviously wasn't made for that um but even with controller it was pretty difficult to press that those buttons quick enough to not die so they've very nicely remade this game this is a really good remake like it's visually so stunning and resident evil 4 is probably one of my one of my favorite Resident Evil games. Um, I've not played all of them, but I've played most of them. And it's a really, it's it's just, it looks stunning, so much darker. They've added some really nice new kind of gameplay mechanics like parry and crafting that just makes it feel kind of new even though you know the game, if that makes sense. And same with like story beats. There's like things that have slightly changed up a little bit and gave one character a little bit more of a story than in the original. But it really changed it in a nice way. Like I really enjoyed it so far. I've not finished it yet, but it's been a really great game. Honestly, I cannot praise it more. And if anyone hasn't played the original, you'll love this. If you like Resident Evil games, you know, survival, horror. It's a lot of shooting in this Um so in hindsight, I kind of wish I was playing it on PC because my aim on console, I mean, I'm not good at aiming, but it's even worse on console. And a lot of the time you want to have precise <laughs> aim. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, because <laughs> ammo is pretty limited, right? Yeah, yeah. So depending on what difficulty you do that, ammo is limited as is. And if, oh, my aim, honestly, half the time I want to cry. I'm like, how many shots I just missed. <laughs> <laughs> so in hindsight i'm like maybe i should have played it on pc but anyway um yeah it's a really great game if you've played the original you, you're definitely gonna love this i think anyway people are always a bit like not sure about remakes and oh they're gonna mess it up blah blah but mm. this has been a like an honesty of really 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 solid remake yeah it seems to be uh have been really universally enjoyed and accepted by the community as well i think i watched uh our friend salberry play mm -hmm. the original and uh before yes. the new release came out and uh it did look really really clunky yep. but then playing looking watching uh both yourself and uh sal playing the the new version since it's come out it looks a lot more playable but i have to also confess that i've never played any resident evil games like they're a bit of a an enigma to me but i still like you know smile and watch along yeah. even though i'm not quite sure what's going on yeah 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 do you know what i always say especially with resident evil the reason why i actually quite like it is i feel like 
there is some sort of plot to it but it's so wild that they can literally do anything they want and it's still kind of be like oh yeah you know that's resident evil you know it doesn't really there's <laughs> like it's so it can be literally so far-fetched and it's still kind of be like yeah i guess that makes sense <laughs> which is why what i, I really like i don't know if this is in the in the games but i've always been a big fan of the resident evil movies um Ooh. i love that even after the world has been taken over and utterly destroyed there is still a corporate room of people <laughs> trying to run things it's like the <laughs> most true, yeah. you know you're just like why <laughs> sir <laughs> stop I that it's always unbearable. i have seen i think two resident evil movies and i gun to my head i could not tell you what any of them were about yeah. i just they were a blur to me, and I think I walked out from both of them <laughs> just feeling completely mystified and unsure as to what I just witnessed. Yeah, but what I kind of, of person like walks out from a movie? Oh, do you mean like no, you, I mean, you I left? Think, yeah. You mean at the end of the movie. I, okay. I meant the at the end, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I've ever walked out of a movie theater. I have I have fallen asleep during a couple of movies, but I've never yep. like walked out, walked out. I haven't either. Yeah. But there was one I was considering it. Oh, okay. I must hear more about this later on. <laughs> um, but not walking out is uh, me playing American <laughs> Truck Simulator, which is Smooth. a game that yeah, uh, yeah. has. Well, listen, I'm doing my best with the segues. All right, it's my first time. This is bullying, a real trial by fire. Uh, hey, I'm being good. This is you being good? Yeah. I know I threatened to not be, but I think I'm being pretty good. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Agree to disagree? Yeah, sure. I mean, I just I just glad that you're not worse. Wow. <laughs> what are you, my mother? No. Um <laughs> anyway. Uh, American Truck Simulator is, as the name suggests, a truck simulator game uh, set in America. And basically you take cargo, various different cargoes from point A to point B in a, a scaled down version of the US, uh, like the US map. But it tries to make all of the cities and the roads at least to a, a certain scale, somewhat accurate and things like that. And for me, as a fairly chaotic person, putting me on the road with a steering wheel, a Twitch chat, and uh, an unwanted disregard for road rules, it has been a really enjoyable time. I know I'm very late to the uh, ATS games or the Euro Truck games, but I've actually really, really enjoyed it. And I'm, I've am i made it now for the past couple of months a sub-incentive on my channel um, to actually play that because it is just a lot of fun. And chat seems to enjoy critiquing my <laughs> driving ability. Classic. Yeah. So um, I, I have a thing to confess. Mm -hmm. I can't watch you play it. Why is that? Because the first time I watched it was when you were doing it with the snack crate. Okay. 
<laughs> I was laughing so hard I was struggling to breathe at one point. <laughs> I have to avoid those streams for my own sanity. You were and health. Yeah, you were drinking one of the drinks in the snack crate or something as you've just totally taken a right turn without a blinker, drove another car off the road and then like put your drink down. You're just like, ah, and just kept on driving. And you did not even acknowledge that you'd just run a car off the road while taking a swig from like a root beer. It was <laughs> the most chaotic and just, ah, uh, it, 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 I loved it. I loved it so much, but I seriously could not stop laughing and I, I, I needed a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh dear. Have you, have you ever done any driving games, Maria? I have. I once did American Truck Simulator with a Mario Kart steering wheel, which was the one for kids because oh the bigger one was a little bit too expensive and I was like, I'm small, it'll be fine, but it has a lot less buttons. So... <laughs> It was very chaotic, but I can actually see the appeal a lot. It seems quite like I can see this be quite a lot of the uh, a lot of people I know play it find it quite therapeutic in a way. Just like I mm. guess traveling through the world. It wasn't actually American Truck Simulator. It might have just been Euro Truck Simulator, but it was. Yeah, fun. I think there's also a Euro Truck. Yeah, there simulator. is a Euro one. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely one of those people that finds like actually just driving and you know getting listening to music mm. and kind of getting lost in your own thoughts to be a very kind of relaxing experience. Mm. And then I have that troubling thought of when I get to my destination and realize that I don't remember anything that's happened in the last two hours. I'm just like, oh god, I hope I hope everybody's okay <laughs> because <laughs> I don't remember how I got here. Hmm, <laughs> concerning. It's okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, something less concerning is Maria playing VR games. I think you've played a couple of VR titles yes, recently, correct? I have. I've been playing around with the PlayStation VR 2. Um, one is a horror game that I've played because I love horror and I love getting scared for some reason. Um, and the other is Horizon Call of the Mountain, which uh, that was an outstanding VR title, if I may say. Yeah, oh, right. Um, so I guess with Horizon Call of the Mountain, mm. I actually have no idea what that kind of setting is and how that kind of fits into the uh, the other Horizon games. So it's like a, it's you're not playing as Aloy in this game. You're playing as um, Rias, I believe, if I remember this correctly. And it's just a, it's just like a small it's not even that short it's i think it was like 12ish hours or something it was pretty intense 12 hours of my life but the way they've done like the whole scenario so it's more like i i think some outlets were describing it more as a climbing simulator which i wouldn't say it is but yes the they're the main way that you kind of like traverse through the world of horizon in this is like climbing upwards and it's like Similar, I feel like I've seen quite a lot of these, um, the scenery in the actual Horizon games, which is really, really nice. They also use a lot of the machines there and you fight the machines like with your bow and arrow. Mm -hmm. And it's very intense. Like I <laughs> think I fought one of the big <laughs> robots and I my pulse was 140 for like 20 minutes because I was literally wow. like 
moving left and right and pulling the arrow out from my back and it was but it's really well done honestly i've not felt this immersed because like when you walk you have to move your hands so it's not just like using the sticks you actually have to physically move to walk um and then obviously the climbing and I, there's and there was so many new elements they added for each level that it never felt like boring at some point the climbing because there's like a new equipment piece that you got to get to different places it, i really enjoyed it i right. thought it was super fun uh, but it's like its own little story so it doesn't really connect with the games as such but you do get to meet aloy which is really cute she was very small and i loved it <laughs> <laughs> i love how uh like you mentioned there i love how immersed yeah. you get in those vr games it makes it really really entertaining one of the moments that really sticks out in my mind was uh, the fight where you were eating those apples, <laughs> apples. and opening your mouth <laughs> in in IRL uh, to eat them and just furiously like eating apples whilst trying to shoot your bow at the same time and it it absolutely killed me. It was so entertaining. I honestly laughed so much because I did pretend to eat it when it wasn't stressful. Like when I first saw an apple and you pick it up, you're like, oh, yum, yum, right? But then I was in the fight. I do not know why I opened my mouth. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was just like, well, I got to eat this apple. I don't know how I thought I'd, I was inhaling this apple, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they're very immersive very very well done it's so cool vr is so cool if you haven't had a chance to try vr i highly recommend to i don't know it's some convention or whatever you should definitely try it. it's so cool yeah it's i mean i feel like maybe a couple of years ago i still felt like the vr gaming genre had a while to go mm. but i feel like now in the last year or so it's really starting to hit its stride and it is cool that we're starting to see some larger developments and some more complete titles kind of come together from it yeah, as well definitely i agree Look, honestly the biggest thing that i'm seeing as it goes is the the technology becoming more affordable you know, like mm -hmm. I remember when the Vive headsets first launched and they were like, you know, over a thousand dollars here and they are coming down, especially with um, things like the PlayStation one where it's, you know, all in one and it is specifically tailored for the PlayStation because that's another mm. thing. Um, VR is taxing on a PC. And so with all of the, the different configurations you can have in a PC, the fact that you know, it, it's an all-in-one thing in there. And that that's yeah. what I really like. That's what I like seeing about um, PlayStation VR is mostly the fact that it is then tied to the entire device. And so everyone knows what they're dealing with rather than a PC getting choppy frames yes. because, you know, your, your CPU's slower or, or something else. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I guess it does give the opportunity for a more consistent experience, yeah. which is pretty important. Yeah, that's why I always like console games, you know? There's always that PC versus console, and it's like everyone on a console can play the same game at the same specs. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah, whereas when, when you've got a PC, it's all over the field. Um, I mean, Part-Time Triggered has a... Um, or the YouTube series? Uh, the YouTube series yeah. where he's doing, can you play with the most common Steam setup? And half the games 
aren't don't work yeah. on on the most common setting, like the common hard most common hardware in uh on Steam. And to me, that's just a sign of how silly it all is. Yeah, I think it's it, it is interesting the I guess the 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 more technical aspects I suppose of when you're developing a game making sure it's balanced between what you envisage you want the game to be but mm. also being technically accessible to as many people as possible because you know that's your customer base you want to have as big yeah. a customer yeah. base as possible. Mm. That's a good point. Um speaking of customer bases <laughs> <laughs> uh arch and i have been doing a sponsored stream oh uh, your segways for the past couple of weeks your segways make me feel so good i'm so See? glad that's all i'm here for is just i'm like at least feel i don't more pumped yeah. up at least i no longer have the worst segways if Sui was here right now she would be going absolutely bananas with the you call that a segue? I could do something. Oh, yeah. Better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, fine, then you lead, and then she won't. <laughs> She's going to listen to this episode and be like, wow, I was really, really, really dragged into it. Special guest star, <laughs> Sui's. <laughs> Sui. <laughs> oh, dear. But uh, we've both been playing Albion Online as part of a sponsored uh campaign that they've been doing for the release of their uh east servers based out of singapore how have you found albion i am loving it honestly i am i actually played it a while ago um in 2019 so i i, I think that was before it went free to play so i actually bought it and i loved it i love the the resource collection because at, at its core it's a resource collection game with uh, PvP as the end game. Mm -hmm. And so I always loved the resource collection stuff and I found that really enjoyable. It was then, you know, I started hitting the ping issues where, because originally it was on the uh, west coast of the US and yep. it just wasn't good for PvP. It wasn't good for anything. If you Even if you were trying to escape someone you would just be absolutely run over. So I ended up giving it a miss. And so seeing it there was one, you know, a really cool sponsorship, two, a game I love, and three, they were launching um, a lo more local server. I think I've got about 156 pinged this one. So that's like half the ping I had before. Yeah, it's and a big improvement. I have honestly really loved it. You know, my community is enjoying it. Um, it, it's a lot of fun working together on those group dungeons because you can form quite large groups. And yes. yeah, so I've been playing off stream, just running around, harvesting resources, being chill, fishing, really enjoying fishing for some reason. And um, on stream, we just jump on and we do some uh, dungeons and go through those. Yeah. I mean, so... Uh, we've been doing a, a pretty similar thing uh for for the context of any listeners uh albion online is an mmo rpg um and it's been a while for a fair few years now but it has some 
pretty pretty uh, fun and uh, immersive combat. I think the way it was described to me in Twitch chat, somebody was like, oh, so this is like uh, World of Warcraft mixed with Di- Diablo uh, in a lot of senses. And I think that was a uh, a pretty a pretty good descriptor um, according to how it was received. So uh, I have to confess I've not played WoW or Diablo, so I'm not exactly the most qualified <laughs> to say. But according to other people, they said that was a pretty good descriptor for it. According uh, to sources. I've... Sorry? According to sources. According to sources. Citation needed. <laughs> and <laughs> I've... I've I've not played it prior to this campaign, but as somebody who does enjoy MMORPGs, I was definitely willing to give it a chance, and I've really enjoyed it as well. I've really enjoyed the the combat, especially has been very very fun, and I've just enjoyed the collaborative nature of it, especially like doing group dungeons on stream and stuff like that. I also think the skilling system that it has and the leveling system is uh definitely different from other mmos that i've played in the past like worm or old school runescape which have very linear kind of progressions whereas the albion skill tree almost looks a bit like path of exile it kind of spiders out and it's also not class restricted which i think is a really really cool thing for mmos it basically, you know, what your play style is and what kind of character you're playing as depends on what gear you're equipped with, which I think is a nice way to not really necessarily lock in people into a particular play style, but allowing them to kind of chop and change depending on what they're feeling like at the time. And I think that's a really good aspect to it. Now, what's your guild name? My guild name is the Guild of the Shoe. Oh, I uh, love Guild it. of the Shoey, rather, Perfect. of course. But it is not as good as Archer's guild name, which is... Raiders of the Lost Arch. Oh my god, which is amazing. 10 out of 10. <laughs> that is great. That's really I, I, we were We were going to, to name it that or Pyramid Scheme. And pyramid scheme is because for some reason I I decided that I was building a pyramid in um, Dwarf Fortress. And now every game I play, one of the first questions is, can you build a pyramid in this game? So it okay. was it was up between the two, but it, it came down to my choice in the end. And I was like, nah, Raiders of the Lost Arch is where it's at. Oh, and, that's a great uh, name. Yeah, it's a really I, good I, name. I, I love it. I'm so proud of it. But the other thing that I want to ask is, um, when are we going to become allies, Drongo? <laughs> when are we going to form an alliance? we oh, kind of putting me on the spot <laughs> here a little bit. I, yeah, you can't okay. say no. No, you, you can't, can't say no. I, think it, I mean, you can, but... It co- <laughs> you can, it but it makes... quite a bit of money to make an alliance, doesn't it? We're only halfway through this um, podcast episode, so if you say no... Things are going to get real awkward real fast. Oh, good. That's a threat. Well, <laughs> my segues can only I've be- get better I've from been here, on my so. beha- best behavior, so. <laughs> 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 uh, 
no, no, no. Um, yeah, it's, I, I love, my honestly, one of my favorite things is the fact that a party can be up to 20 people and you mm -hmm. can do the group dungeon like that. You know, it's almost like it, it just is the more the merrier. You never really have to worry about, oh, sorry, we've only got, you know, this much space. It's literally, what's that? You want to come along? Yeah, grab a, grab a, grab some gear and come along. Yeah, definitely. And the the fact that it's very very easy to involve the community uh, in the streams with stuff like that has been a, has been a real uh, highlight for sure. Yep. Okay. Well, I think that is all of the games that we had to cover off uh, for this afternoon, at least. So we'll take another break, and when we come back, it will be time for the news. I'll see you shortly. Welcome back, everybody, I'm ready. to episode 64 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. I'm joined by Arch and Maria, and we're going to be discussing the news. And Arch is going to try not to interrupt me <laughs> as we talk about, I guess, something that is probably pretty close to our heart as all streamers, and that is being shown up by just absolute random gimmick content uh as recently a walmart demo computer it was live for over 12 hours and accumulated at least at one point over 800 people watching which is just mind-boggling as you know as all content creators strive to do their best to try and build communities and try and get as many viewers as possible. Apparently, all you need to do to get views is to just be a Walmart store. Who knew? Who knew? That was the secret. Damn it. Yeah. And to think, Drongo, you did not need to drink so strumming from a shoe. You could have just... <laughs> Found the nearest supermarket, Literally. put your laptop down, and walked out. Amazing. Like, <laughs> has anybody actually done that before? Like, just taken a live stream setup and just put it in a random, like, public place? Are you allowed to do that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure, according to Twitch, you need permission of the people and such, because... I mean, Wubby got done for it um, because he was live streaming in a restaurant and mm. he got banned because they were like, oh, you're showing off, you know, without permission. And it turns out he actually had gotten permission and everything. And I don't, I, I'm pretty sure that's why the Walmart video was shut down because it was shut down by Twitch banning the account. It yeah. wasn't mm. Walmart found it and shut it down. So there are laws or rules, I should say, about um, the content you produce and all of that. I feel like it's very so specific I, where you're based as well, though. Yeah. Like it depends what you can get away with, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that. Yeah. I, I guess that that is true because there's all kinds of different rules to do with or laws to do with privacy and stuff yeah. like that like yeah i think in america as long as you're in a public mm -hmm. place you have no reasonable expectation of privacy therefore you can be you know photographed or recorded and you know you don't need permission yeah. from that individual to do so but see the more i think about this i have a very important question yeah mm. 
Um, there's a YouTube channel that's on ducks. Mm. Not okay. a YouTube. There's a Twitch stream on ducks, and it just shows ducks. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Do the ducks give consent? I don't like, think ducks can give you consent. Yeah, I. Yeah, no. What? See, but, see, see, they, see, that that this this is where it was is where it gets me. You know, they're like, oh, you can't show people, but apparently you can just show ducks. That's it's not fair to the ducks. I'm not sure what to do with that line of, <laughs> line of, no, of conversation. My, I, th I think what I mean, it's not what I mean, but moving along from that, uh, regrouping. I think there's um, there's always been a history of novelty accounts on Twitch. Various mm. things like, do you remember the um, the the fish controlling? Like, Twitch plays Pokemon. Um, even when I go even further back... There's there's always been a gimmick of Twitch, and they do they spike up in in popularity, but then they die down. Um, some of the more recent ones, the recent uh, gimmick things, is the uh, Chat GPT AI ones. They had um, nothing forever, which was a Seinfeld themed, uh, basically AI animated and voiced and. Uh, scripted um show that ended up getting banned when the bot the chat gpt decided to make a transphobic joke which is it's it's a mess in and of itself <laughs> but um you know now they've got season two of that there they've got unlimited steam which i was talking about earlier which is basically the steamed hams segment of simpsons constantly on repeat with, you know, uh, regenerated with different ingredients and such each time. These things started off in the thousands of viewers, and now they're sitting at like 200. And I think that's kind of, kind of it. These gimmicks blow up because they are gimmicks. But people mm -hmm. aren't actually going to go and watch a Walmart. They're there because it's a novelty. It's oh, a yeah. fun thing. And so... Um, it is funny to see, like, I, I love seeing those weird things and, you know, you start seeing some of the in-jokes like, um, the Walmart one. I'm not sure if either of you saw it, but basically whenever a shopping cart came across, the whole chat would start chanting cart. Like, yeah. like, oh my God, there's a cart, there's yeah. a cart, there's a cart. And that was just hilarious. I feel like it would be really easy to run various social experiments uh, yes. on Twitch in with kind of like gimmick content like this. Definitely. I, I think back to uh, Twitch Plays Pokemon because that, that was actually my first like foray into Twitch as mm. a platform. And the whole kind of mythos and lore and everything that kind of developed out of that from the original core idea of just letting twitch play and then having like people that were for good and for the people that were for chaos and then you know the various little factions that evolved in there yeah. praise helix and all of that it, it really became like its own 
thing. And I think it's a really interesting, I guess, examination of how Twitch actually makes communities in a way mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Do you know one that I thought was very interesting recently is that PewDiePie started to just stream his video, mm. his videos from YouTube, just nothing else, no actual interaction or anything. It's literally just replaying videos that are his. And they, they were like 4,000 viewers or more. Who and I else, just thought that was absolutely that? wild to me because it's like, you could just go and watch them on YouTube if you really want to watch them. But it's so mm. interesting that I assume maybe some people thought he's actually there. Um, and it's just continuously going. I, I think, I guess he'll have someone to keep it running and go, keep going live yeah. with it. But it's just so fascinating to me that pe- there's so many people watching this when it's nothing like new or it's literally just his content that you could consume otherwise, somewhere else otherwise. It's just fascinating. What I love about like, that. What the heck? This genius. What I love about that is YouTube added premieres with a live chat option. Yeah. Twitch has just gone and done that. Like PewDiePie's just gone gone and done that better on Twitch. You know, (laughs) just constant premieres. You can't skip ahead. And you've always got chat there to discuss when these things happen and and what's going on in them. It's, It's genius and hilarious at the same time. And, um, you know, the word Jalarius comes to mind. No, wait, that doesn't work. Um, but yeah, again, it is just something that is a little bit of a meme, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of fun. And I think it, I think it works for his audience as well. Yeah. You know, and it certainly gets people used to it. I'm trying to think of... Was it Co Carnage or someone else that had a second channel that just reran stuff? I don't know. The only other channel that I know, I, I know that reruns are very popular in the ASMR community. Mm, I but can see that. the only other like gaming channel that I know that does reruns specifically of YouTube content but live streams it is the Yogscast main channel. When they don't have streamers actually on there, they have the ch- main channel live with, uh, with just random youtube videos from their backlog yeah and that usually sits at you know a good good few hundred viewers most of the time like it's uh i mean it's live right now with 200 odd viewers so it's definitely not an insignificant amount in the grand scheme of things by any stretch of the imagination no i think i just think it's a great idea i just think it's really well done um i'm a big fan of it you know that that's that's like my my honest opinion i am a big fan of how they do it how it all runs and um yeah yeah well i guess as a segue for loving how things are run (laughs) to not loving how things are run how about we talk about twitter twitter how how was that segue was that a little bit better i feel like that was one of my stronger ones yeah that was a good one i like that one yeah yeah, yeah, I'll I'll write that a um five. Whoa, okay. Five out of what? A lot of room for improvement. Ten. Five out of ten. Five out of seven. Perfect. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a it's better. <laughs> yeah, it's not terrible. 
but Twitter uh, has recently had its algorithm leaked, I suppose, assuming that this is all truthful and accurate and also current, yeah. which potentially maybe it's not. Um, but basically giving... Uh, there's been a lot of information that has given insight in terms of how uh, the Twitter algorithm works and what sort of engagement weights a particular post to be more likely to appear on somebody's feed and things like that. And as of the time of recording as well, it has just been recently changed that the requirements to appear on somebody's For You, For you page have been tweaked and... So maybe this isn't current, but I think it's still an interesting deep dive into how algorithms work. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that it's... replies were not that highly ranked. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, each like gets a 30 times boost. Each retweet is a 20 times boost and each reply is only a one times boost. And certainly for my side, that is something I think I have personally witnessed quite a bit. I often yeah. have tweets that will get quite a few replies, but only a few likes and just not much exposure. So that doesn't completely surprise me, but I guess... But I find that interesting because I feel like if people reply, they're more engaged before you tweeted yeah you know what i mean that's what that's, i'm thinking right you're taking your time out of your day to re write a reply to the person which takes a lot longer mm -hmm. than clicking that like i feel that you can click the heart button without having even read the tweet if you wanted to you know yeah so i feel like it's interesting to me because i personally i feel like there's so much more behind writing a reply that i feel like it should have a higher boost but there's various things though um replying doesn't always necessarily mean endorsement and such yeah. and algor algorithms tend to go someone you follow liked this so you may like this i saw a very similar thing recently um when i was they used a uh, part of my footage in linus tech tips right i posted it i got like five likes and then Linus Tech Tips themselves liked it. Mm -hmm. And I got then 120 likes. Yeah. You know, it, it absolutely blew up in terms of once they'd liked it, all of the other likes came in. And it's because it's like, these people like these things. These may be something that, um, something that uh, you like too. It's, it's trying to send content that they know others similar people like whereas a reply you could be a reply on drongo's thing saying how dare you suggest that this and it's not necessarily a positive endorsement right mm, well sure but i would also make the point that social media platforms aren't always necessarily interested in what is going to have the most positive interactions and, and this is kind of like where I would agree with Maria, where I'm actually surprised that it doesn't have more weight. You want stuff that is going to be more likely to elicit a response more so yeah. than a strictly positive response. So I, I think... would intuitively expect that a reply would be at least as valuable as a like, but to have a like be worth, for the sake of generating the algorithm, 
30 times more than a reply is yep. pretty extreme and surprising to me. Yeah, I agree. Because you One have the of, same with, like, sorry, with, with YouTube when they did have, or they still have the dislike button, but that's still counted towards engagement and would help mm -hmm. your video, I guess, get more traction in the algorithm because yep. it was interacted with, right? Whether that was positive or negative, didn't matter. So it's like, sure, you uh, can reply and not agree with it or like have a you know debate about what the person said but i think it's i personally think it's still worth more than just someone like i feel like you could easily set up bots to just like tweets as well so i feel like i know you can set bot replies up and whatnot but i don't know it's just like just once yeah. compared to 30 times is wild yeah the waiting feels really off yeah um but that but that's it um, I, I agree with that. I think the waiting feels off, but likes being higher in that, that's in terms of recommending the content to others. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that's, no, that's that. all it is. It's, it's whether the content is recommended. It doesn't also mention poll engagements. Um, we found poll engagements to be quite good in terms of, of all of that, but, uh, it doesn't mention that. So I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I think there, I think there's more to it than than what it looks like. That's just on the very very uh top of things, but I guess we'll see as we go. I think poll engagements is pretty high. I recently did a poll that uh only 10 people liked mm -hmm. but was viewed by nearly 4000 people and had close to 300 votes mm -hmm. in it. People um, love voting. So, and that for context was uh pretty pretty extreme like that, that is multiple times as what i would normally expect in terms of my average tweet like an average tweet i would expect to get between uh, probably 800 to uh a thousand thousand two hundred or so uh on a standard kind of view and that would be like with you know somewhere in the region of about 40 to 50 likes um that would be what i'd expecting so polls seem to be really high for yeah getting actually yeah. generated for people yeah so i think there's more to it but it, it's very handy mm -hmm. to know as well the biggest thing is something that i already knew but you know just in case anyone's wondering images and videos get a boost as well yeah. you know if you've got something and of course the old if you have a link out that gets penalized severely. That's why um, myself and quite a lot of other people are now, you know, link in bio for when going live or just, you know, a reminder that they're on Twitch because the amount of link clicks are very few, but if you can get some, some more presence out there, even if it's just, you know, while you're offline, what that you've gone live, you know, a little bit of fun. And then there, it seems to, it seems to work a bit better. So yeah, there's there's lots of things to learn. It's definitely worth reading through, um, mm. just for best practices as well. You know, you, you're not always looking to game it to get the absolute best you can, but there's a few things of like, you know, if you want something going out, make sure it has an image. Um, even you know, just using the gifs from from uh, Twitter itself can be helpful. You know, well, I think that's a a good point as well in, in terms of talking about links because there's definitely a lot of times like i don't really post going live tweets that often 
No. Uh, if I do, it's almost always to do with a sponsored segment, which requires me to have the link in the tweet. And I think that kind of speaks to the importance of as content creators, at least for something that I've started doing is whenever I have a, uh, a lie, a, a tweet that has gone live in reference to uh, a sponsored segment or something like that at the start of that sponsored segment, having that scheduled to be posted then, and then trying to actively get people to engage with that tweet when yep. it happens with likes or retweets or something like that to try and overcome that little bit of offset um with having yeah. the link in yeah. there because that can be overcome by being boosted with likes to be promoted to people true i mean the other the other thing that i always do is i when i'm going live i create my little art pieces because they're interesting it's not just hey i'm live come look it's a different image and you know I put a good few minutes into those pieces. Mm -hmm. So, so, so like my post when I go live, everyone. <laughs> we shall. <laughs> well, looking at increased engagement, there is a very interesting news article here that Maria has shared with us to do with PlayStation filing a patent for a controller that turns hot and cold, which is a really interesting development in, I guess, haptic experiences. And I'm keen to hear what you guys think about this one, because that's, I feel like this could be really polarizing in terms of whether people actually want this, uh, but maybe it's the way of the future, who knows? I am just really intrigued by this because like I was thinking what would you use this for because I know that like you can almost um I guess when when you have a lower temperature you can almost mimic like the feeling of like water maybe because you know water can feel quite cool and stuff so I don't know I'm just mm. really intrigued how they would be using this but if it's meant to be something like if you walk through water it might get cooler which I think can combined with their haptic um, feedback anyway might even give you an yeah. even more immersive feeling because you feel like, oh shit, I'm actually in the water. Sorry, I, I just didn't mean to swear. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me just go plug my, um, my controller into the air conditioner now. <laughs> um, generating heat and, and cooling down in a, like this, this strikes me as one of those pie in the sky ideas. Like it sounds really cool, but realistically looking at it is like, how would you overcome the heat of your body hand? You know, the body heat of your hands. How would you overcome being in such a small system? It is possible to cool things down pretty, pretty well, but how would it? So the document, um, yeah, this is just it. The document uses magnetic fluid and magnetic fields to change the shape and hardness of the soft part of the controller. Like, there's... Um, it's so weird. It's The idea is this more immersive experience, but in a controller? Like, I don't know about you, but I've never felt too immersed when holding a controller. So I look at this and then I, I think about where this could be applied in other ways in like, you know, VR, VR chat, haptic suits and such. Yeah. That could be better. It, it sounds like, isn't this a cool idea? Let's write it down and patent it. But I don't know if it had ever come about. I mean, there's patents for smell oh, yeah, for sure. That's something to make sure of as well. I think... 
the, I think one of the things to kind of think about is that when you think about what theme parks and things like that are doing yeah. these days, it's very much trying to create a a totally encompassing experience that's mm-hmm. as immersive as possible. It's no longer about just like getting on a roller coaster that's branded to be like Batman or something yeah. like that. It's like they put you in a in a in a kind of a moving. Do they call it ghost ride? I think they call it ghost rides. But they put you along in kind of a very scheduled linear experience. But it is it's all encompassing in terms of temperature and smell and feel yeah. and everything like that. And I think in a lot of respects, that is kind of the natural progression for where I think we could expect gaming to end up in the next decade, two decades, who knows? Yeah, I yeah. can see that as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if this ends up being a thing. It's probably nowhere near, you know, being realized. No. I mean, especially just being patented now, but it's probably at least a decade away. But I think realistically... I don't think it's that preposterous that it would become a thing. And I think when you think about how sensitive things like our hands are, you don't really need a drastic change mm-hmm. to happen in terms of temperature or even just like the feel of the controller as well, because there is th- this uh, pattern also describes kind of like having an elastically deformable sensor component, which could be incorporated in other ways as well there's very very subtle things that you can change that would really have a big impact and i think i know arch you said that you can't really think about a time where you know you felt particularly immersed using a controller but i certainly have and when i think about because it's it's like your your link to the game and i think the best way to kind of test this for yourself and work out how much difference the responsiveness and the messages that the controller gives you that isn't just your inputs mm. is to turn off the uh the feedback the vibration on your controller yeah. and just play and it feels really weird it does it, to- it is a totally different experience and it will definitely weird you out so i think stuff like this does actually have a place i agree because i i particularly noticed it when i mean i've had obviously particularly dual sense for a while now um and there was a mm-hmm. moment where i was like oh i don't know if they're using haptic feedback but this the moment i like just for one second focused on it again i noticed every single thing that controller does and i have turned uh, down my my things for the vr controller so i could use it longer for charge and then i also turned it down for my actual controllers and then i missed the feelings of that haptic feedback (laughs) it's wild it's such little subtle things like walking through grass in horizon and there's just a slight i can't even explain how it feels but it does Mm -hmm. feel like i'm walking through grass obviously not me as a person but like I don't know. It just has that, the way that it rumbles, it has this weird feeling that, okay, yeah. And there was one bit, particularly in The Last of Us, where there's a generator, and the closer you get to it, the stronger you can feel the the slight vibration that a generator might give off. Mm. And it's mm. like, just the little things of, you. I could tell how far away I was just from holding the controller. I just... I do agree. I do. I I do get immersed with the control, and I can see this definitely going other places as well. Go looking into the future. Well, I, I 
I must admit I've not used, you know, a PS5 controller, so I could I could be behind on the times. I'm talking about something I don't understand. Well, I mean, like I I have a an old Xbox 360 controller that I used for uh for sim racing with uh F1 2022 and the previous games to that and certainly for me like that was crucial to being able to feel the the rumble for when you're you've you know you're losing traction or gaining traction i didn't actually realize just how accustomed i was to that until i actually got my wheel and i started driving and i was like a full two seconds a lap slower using the wheel just because i didn't have the same interesting uh, I guess knowledge basis and immersion with actually having a feel for how to drive the car. Yeah. So even on an older piece of yeah. technology, it can still have a massive, massive impact on how you kind of feel mm. in the game and how well you can play it. I guess in an extent. I also can see a world where you could have a controller set up like if you're in a colder climate just to have a passive hand warmer on your controller oh my God, yeah. i know i'm certainly somebody like in winter <laughs> i get cold hands yes. i'm just like man i wish i i wish i had little gloves or something no i agree the amount of times i wish i had i know there's like weird gimmicky things for like a mouse warmer like a heater but i wish mm -hmm. the mouse would just be warm you know <laughs> yeah exactly i i could see that being yeah. a legitimate thing definitely <sighs> So I feel like there's some some potential there. Um, but you know what else has some potential, but this time for outrage, is Monster going after an indie dev for using the word monster, which is a pretty polarizing concept. And notably, it's not the first time that Monster Energy has made such a maneuver the first time being back in 2020, uh, they went after Ubisoft over the name Gods and Monsters, uh, which then released under the name Immortals Phoenix Rising. So uh, it's definitely got some precedent behind it, but I think it's a really interesting examination of how zealously some companies, especially really big companies, mm. will try to defend their trademark i suppose like, yeah that's wild one to thing me. Yeah. how can they like monster what? like this is to be so bizarre especially mortals phoenix rising or phoenix rising is actually a really fun game by the way i did not know this that it was meant to called be called something different prior to this i can't believe that they actually had to change that what the heck mm. <laughs> I'm um, what i love one thing that I really love about this is they, it specifically says they, um, the terms to allow them to use monster in their, their, their current game is they have to refrain from calling any other game with the variation of the word monster in it. And also, uh, they must agree to never use a green and white logo on a black background for any games. So they're, they're also saying you can't take our color. Like it is just the, the most absurd level of, of overreach. What about Monster Hunter um, though? They yeah. Pro probably had to agree to them. 
or something. But, but that's so <laughs> wild because that's, it, if anything, there's the actual word. I don't understand how this is even able to go through anywhere because it's such a a wordy. It's use. such a generic yeah, term. Exactly. And it's monster energy, yeah, I, if anything. Like, why the word monster itself? That's weird. It just doesn't make any sense yeah, how that's even possible. It is. It's super aggressive, and that's what's really strange. I mean, I, I encountered this with Games Workshop back in the day. They they were really, really litigious with their, their trademark, and they ended up biting them in the butt because they just... It's almost like they throw it out, and they expect the people to drop it immediately. The second mm -hmm. it was brought and challenged in court, um, you the the whole argument fell apart, and that led to some major changes in everything. So, yeah, it is incredibly strange, and I think it needs to be brought to light that Monster mm -hmm. is doing this. Yeah. You know, just as just as bad PR for Monster, just as trying to point out that this company is being absolutely ridiculous and needs to be people need to be more aware of it and sort yeah. of call them out because as soon as it's bad pr they'll drop it 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 really is i yeah from a common sense standpoint for any layman's i think this just reeks of just being absolutely ridiculous which is definitely going to just be bad pr for them and yeah it's just it's just not a good look. I don't think anybody's out there going to be like, oh, this game is called Monster... What was it called? Monsters and Immortals? Dark Deception? Like, there's nothing in there to me that it's like... If it was like Dark Deception, Monster Energy, or something like that, then maybe, yeah, I think there's probably a fair argument to be made there. Like the combination of monster and energy in a title maybe could lead to some kind of confusion. Maybe then there would be like a, a ground for reasonableness in there. Well, they've I don't also think it's been... clarified in the article as well, but certainly the idea of certain colors being trademarked, that's like a pretty standard thing and a pretty common thing. Like when you think about the 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 this very specific shade of purple for example that cabri has that's a trademark shade and i i wonder whether the quote in the article that we've got here that talks having uh, talks about having a green and white logo whether that is just green and white in general or whether that is a very specific type because i think that then has a very different interpretation of whether i personally would think that's well, fair like if they want to use uh, the green, the the monster green. Then, yeah, I think that's probably well, you know fair enough for them to say no. That's off limits. That's our trademark. That's actually like a legal thing that they've had to register. But if it's just green and white in general, again, that's something that's yeah. I wouldn't think that that's fair, and I don't think many people would think that that's fair. You could also look at that from a broader perspective. Of I mean, you have if you've got the word monster in the title, you have the green and white word on a black background even if the font's not the same it would still be monster on that which i can understand that because monster's been pushing into the game sphere for a while they've you know mm. monster energy was in death stranding you know they they have been aligned with games so i can understand it's not like um you know it's not it's not like some completely unaffiliated company like joe's carpets 
going after a game <laughs> saying you've got carpet in the name. It's something that has worked to be integrated with gaming. So I don't think this is a good good argument by them. I think it's a little bit sus, you know, a little bit too much. But um, you can sort of see where they've gotten the idea that it's worth pursuing. Mm, yeah. Well, I think on that note, that will probably be time for us to wrap things up and say goodbye. So, uh, Maria, who are you and where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> I am Marignetic. Well, you can call me Maria. And you can find me literally under that name on all the socials that there is. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram. But I stream mainly on Twitch all sorts of games i'm a variety streamer at the moment i play horror resident evil 4 yay <laughs> and some of the best vr content around oh heck and yeah. arch who are you and where can people find you you don't know anything you can't find me and you can't prove it <laughs> okay <laughs> is is <laughs> is is that it okay great um, and, uh, I'm Bloody Drongo, and you can find me on Twitch as Bloody Drongo, but you can also find me on Twitter as at the Bloody Drongo as well. Uh, if you want to get more episodes of this podcast, you can go to halcyonfrequency.com or any podcast platform. And if you can't find it on your podcast platform of choice, let us know and we'll get there, get it there for you. Uh, with new episodes every Sunday. If you want to talk about this episode, you can join the Halcyon Frequency Discord. And a quick thank, uh, thank you to Peter Poole and Paul Miles for the music that you're hearing in this podcast right now. And uh, this has been Halcyon Frequency. Don't touch that dial. Signing off. Bye.